The Viewpoint, 8 to 10 p.m. Flipping conventional wisdom on its head. On The Viewpoint. In the words of my producer, she is ready, she is seated, she is beautiful. Of course, I'm referring to Ms. Nondo Gozoma-Bensela, <laughs> Chief Marketing <laughs> Officer at Momentum Metropolitan Holdings. Taking control of your financial journey is a key to empowering South African women. Ms. Nondo Gozoma-Bensela, good evening. Thank you so much for joining us on The Viewpoint on SAFM. Thank you for having me, Songezo. How are you? I'm well, thanks, ma'am. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Let's talk about women empowerment. Let's talk about women in particular owning their financial journeys. Yes, let's talk about that. <laughs> what's important for MMH? So what's important for Momentum, particularly in the group, is that we need women to be educated. We also want to encourage women to seek information But importantly, we are a business that is grounded on advice. We are a business that is grounded on partnerships. So we want women to know that they don't have to go through the journey of being financially knowledgeable on their own because we've got, you know, teams of people ready to help navigate the journey. Talking about navigating the journey, there's a lot of hand-holding that is necessary in that. But at the same time, you are dealing with systemic issues of patriarchy, among others, where the financial dependence of women to men is still something which, for the most part of society, is real. We were having a conversation about that particular aspect in terms of the imbalance of power in relations between men and women when we were having a conversation about sex, for instance, and why some of the... The fight in terms of fighting HIV and AIDS is still linked to the imbalance of relations between men and women. And I suppose in many respects you are finding the same challenges filtering through in why women, not to the extent that you would want it anyway, are Mm. finding it difficult to own their own financial journeys. Would that be fair assessment of things? Yeah, it is. I I mean, a lot of this is basically coming from the fact that we're all raised a very specific way and our parents we're taught things about what women are supposed to do and know and what men are supposed to do and know. And and some of those um, beliefs and principles are not serving women appropriately right now. So one of the biggest things is that when, when you look in a dynamic of a home, there are mm. responsibilities that are seen as men or male responsibilities. In my home, I was actually sharing this um, earlier before I, come, I came up for the interview, um, you know, f- knowing and understanding how the um, pool works in the house or how electricity is connected in the house or where the switchboard is, I mean, sorry, the um, electrical board is where, that you need to go and tamper with or check if you don't have electricity. Those things for me growing up were done by my brothers. Um, and now being a single mother living in a home on my own, I actually have to figure out how those things are working and I've got to educate myself. So there are a lot of things that we as women aren't able to do naturally because of the upbringing that we were exposed to. I would hate to know what feminists have to say in that unable to do naturally aspect. But let's engage in terms of the report that has just recently Mm -hmm. been released, Mm -hmm. the 2018 Momentum Stroke UNISA Household Financial Wellness Index. Mm -hmm. It reveals something as staggering as that 44% of South African households are financially exposed. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? But from what I just hear, it doesn't sound good. 
Mm. To answer the question, I think maybe we need to look at what the definition of financial wellness is. The -hmm. definition of financial wellness is that it's about being in a process of continuous planning um, and having the ability to manage your money so that you can afford expenses and reach Mm -hmm. your goals over a period of time, over your lifetime. But it also talks about the fact that you need to be able to, one, plan for what you need today um, and have a a plan for what you need tomorrow and in your future, as well as how you will handle unexpected surprises. So when we talk about the statistic you've just referred to, we're saying it's not about, you know, how many said that, what cash South Africans have in their bank accounts. It's about the number of South Africans who are ready to deal with unexpected events. It's about saying fewer the fewer households are thinking about the long-term needs financially that they've got. And then when fewer women have thought about the long-term goals and the long-term plans because they are focusing on the children going to school paying the rent, having um, accounts or whether it's for clothing or for furniture or whatever else that are those accounts are taken mm, care of mm, in the mm. immediate sense. So when what tends to happen is that the long-term plan is sacrificed for the pressure in terms of the short-term um, requirements financially. Let's personalize this conversation, not Mm -hmm. necessarily with you, but there Mm -hmm. are many women who can identify with being single parents. Mm -hmm. And that has a massive effect in terms of financial planning because a lot of those costs that could be shared are now the responsibility usually of one and that is most always, almost always, that of the mother. And of course, you still get men, dads, who are absent in the picture for whatever reason, and that just ultimately puts more pressure still on the woman. Can you engage us a bit about that? Because there are many who identify with that and are, str- and are struggling as a result. Um, so I think that the, the thing with um, the dynamic in the home is that when, when um, women are dealing, or a household is dual income or sources of income um when you don't have the other party contributing um, financially then you have to figure out a plan to think about your immediate needs and the long-term needs and you're dealing with that as a single income um, mm. um lead in the in the home as and in the instance of women the pressure is that when for example you're getting divorced the women have to take most of the time not always mm. women take the responsibility of the children because obviously the kids you know are better served with their mothers than with their dads um, I don't dispute that you're right <laughs> but you know I don't want I don't want dads now to be like yeah what about us I don't fathers? dispute that I don't dispute <laughs> so, that so so some of the unintended consequences actually come because of just the structure in how decisions are made and, and therefore what unfolds I'm so sorry I've got a flu <clears throat> And I'm like trying my best to maintain my voice, but mm-hmm. it is time for news. Ms. Nondogozoma Donsela, Chief Marketing Officer at Momentum Metropolitan Holdings. The recently released 2018 Momentum UNISA Household Financial Wellness Index revealed that a close to half of South African household, 44 in particular, were financially exposed. Some of these questions, some of these concerns, and what Momentum itself is doing to try and change this statistic this statistic, specifically in terms of how to empower South African women. Your thoughts on that are welcome, but Ms. Dondogozoma Donsela is going to give us a tease as to what products are available for South African women at Momentum. Please stay tuned. After the news, we continue this conversation. 
South African families are financially exposed. What this means is that these households may currently enjoy relative financial stability. They are just one decision or one incident away from either being financially unstable or financially unwell. This would not be such a problem if we were not living in a socio-economic environment that has so many uncontrollable variables. Some of the products that are now available at Momentum Metropolitan Holdings will be discussed by Ms. Nondogozo Madonsela, who is the Chief Marketing Officer at Metro at Momentum. In particular, responding to the question as to how South African women can better control and own their financial journeys. Ms. Nondogozo, let's talk to mm. some of the products that are available now to mitigate against the one decision or one event away mm. that might change altogether the circumstances and conditions of a family. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to have um, um, two layers to the answer. The first layer is that the ultimate product that we sell is advice. Um, it's You will be amazed at the wisdom you will get from talking to somebody who is a specialist in a topic, like you would in terms of medical advice, like you would if you were building a house. You need people who are knowledgeable in what it takes to build a house so that it stands, so that it's safe, and so that it has longevity. So, so let's not be afraid or embarrassed to seek advice. We have teams who, are, who understand what your long-term plan should look like, who will ask you the right questions. But also when you when you are p- partnering with an advisor, it sometimes I find it actually helps that you have someone who will hold you accountable to your plan. Um, it, it may feel uncomfortable that somebody is going to be asking you every minute detail mm. about your income, about your expenses, about your future plans. But when that is documented and it is shared with an expert, you have somebody who will partner with you for the long-term journey. That's the main thing. The other thing is that I think as women, we've got to help ourselves by just finding information. I think we talk about the digital age and the fact that so much stuff is available online. And let's also then remember that when we talk about being having success that is going to be have, give you a um, longer, a bit like a, a, an ability to achieve your goals in the in the long term versus the what I need today. That that clarity of the plan and what your long term vision is and your long term goals are is is as important as what you're doing today. Um, and so I want to encourage it. And then if you're looking at very specific products, I think we should as get into the habit, like whether you are male or women, shop around. Often you find that there are benefits inherent in product structures that you might not be aware of. But when you talk to people who understand the industry, that they're able to say, you know what, if you are a person who is likely to have children at this age or you want to retire at that age, then these are the sort of benefits that you should understand. I have found incredible value in talking to financial advisors. Actually, I've got, you know, two very good financial advisors who are helping me figure out my life post-divorce, raising kids. One is a teenager, the other is eight years old. And, you know, it, it, for an eight-year-old to get to varsity, it's a, it's a very long time. <laughs>
It is a long it's time a long away. Time, yeah. Let's talk about some of the challenges that women inherently are facing because of the system that as a nation we come from. I mean, I'm zooming in on some of microeconomic level statistics here mm. saying that women are 51% of the population and yet they only earn 36.8% of all salaries and wages. It seems as though even the system is not necessarily designed to engage and to cater for the presence of women, despite the fact that in number and in produce, I mean, when I talk about produce, I'm talking about the fact that especially in your poorer communities, the more economically active people or communities there are, it is the woman. How then as a society do we look to address these challenges? Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a bigger conversation. The it reality is, yeah? of the pay gap is it's a global, you know, it's a global fact. It's a, we are not the unique um, country in that sense. So the good thing is that we, when we start to have decision makers who have, who are sensitized and are aware and want to correct them, many organizations have adjusted the, the policy with regards to, um, pay parity or gender parity or women empowerment. Um, so I think that I'll talk to people who are decision makers in corporates that when we are interviewing people and there are women, we must always have a salary conversation that is fair and that is looking to close the gap. The thing about women being productive is a fact. There's also another fact that says if you gave a woman a hundred rand or you gave a woman a thousand rand or you gave a woman 10,000 rand, we have this special gift as women mm -hmm. to stretch that rand, to stretch the hundred rand, to stretch the 10,000 rand. In a, in, a, in, a, in a lot more effective way, in a lot more efficient way than what our male peers could. So what we are hoping to see, and we, I'm excited to hear how the budget speech will unfold. Um, we, we're hearing our government is starting to be aware of these things and, and set up policies to correct them. Even from a stance of like procurement policies in organizations, we're seeing a lot mm -hmm. more organizations mm -hmm. are starting to prefer um, entrepreneurs and businesses that are women-led and women-owned because every opportunity commercially that is given to a woman is going to go a long way to closing this gap. You mentioned something which is very close to my heart in mm. procurement, procurement policies in mm. particular, and how from what you've just said, you touch on a very critical aspect that procurement by its definition in South Africa is designed to do. It is supposed to create economic empowerment. It is supposed mm. to bring on board those who are previously marginalized. Mm. Can you spend a bit more time in how, for instance, procurement in an organization or effectively used can address some of these marginalized communities, in this instance, women, and be brought in into the mainstream economy through procurement. Spend yeah. some time talking about that, please. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's one of the low-hanging fruits, actually, um, in terms of how corporates can participate and how bigger organizations can participate. Um, like I said, we're seeing procurement policies in many organizations are starting to shift. The reality, though, is that we need more women to surface their businesses and to be visible. So where, for example, we are a brand like Momentum, we had a, a focused message around Women's Month about women owning their success. But as a team, we're also, you know, we're very, um, what's the right word, pragmatic or intentional in mm -hmm. how we sourced some of the, the elements of the event. And so as a brand, we are starting to weave the focus on preferring women-owned businesses and partnering with women in different um, roles in, in our projects is becoming a primary focus. So I, I think that we um, are starting, but we are only one organization. 
I know that there are many organizations who are starting to do similar things. But what that requires, though, is that as women, we must be ready. Um, and as women, we must confidently have a voice at the table, but also not be intimidated when we are mm. stepping into industries that are not familiar to us. You mentioned you're being interested in what the finance minister has to say next week in mm. the announcement of the national budget for the upcoming financial year. Specifically, what are your antenna looking out to here so that it can make your work and your products that much more available and what especially you're looking to try and achieve, that is women emancipation financially, that part of the speech could and probably would address. Mm. So I want f- to first say that I'm, no, I'm not an economist. Mm-hmm. Sure, <laughs> so I, I don't want to have economists uh, listening to what I say with a critical ear. Um, so let me tell you what would be amazing to hear. What would be amazing to hear, and we're starting to hear that already, is the focus on, on solving for youth employment. Um, we've had many economists talk to us and say, you know, they are obviously the various challenges that we've got to address. But one of the primary things that we want to solve for is to help the youth, you know, be able to buy bread and afford living and get opportunities to start careers and be successful or start businesses and be successful. So there is a whole thing about just giving um, access to opportunities for employment and for jobs and for business um, and, and, and entrepreneurial opportunities to women and I mean to the youth. So I'm hoping mm. to hear that. I'm also hoping to hear more focus plans around women in general. So we're we, we, we focusing on women in leadership, women in business and women in doing various other uh, businesses that are focused on helping communities become better um, and whether it is through you know, um, solving for CSI-like initiatives, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm hoping that we will have a focus around what how South Africa, the economy, will be um, supportive of women-led businesses and women-led um, initiatives. What I'm also, um, my team actually, um, we were talking about this, is that mm. we've, we, we're also hoping that we will hear uh, some you know in, uh, uh, initiatives that are focused at addressing gender-based violence. Um, I think we can't separate the topic around women empowerment and gender-based mm. violence. Um, sure. I think as women, we want a, a, a country where we will feel safe, where we will feel um, um, that we have a, a seat in tables, but also where we feel that if we're exposed to unsafe places, that the, the law is on our side to facilitate that that's dealt with. Yeah. All of that is important, Mm. all of that is systemic, and all of that is very urgent. Let's get back to almost like the detail of finance and financial literacy. In 2013, for instance, the International Barometer of Women's Financial Literacy ranked South Africa 23rd out of 27 countries when it came to financial literacy. What does that mean? Because seven years down the line and with the 2018 report that you've just um, released, so to speak, and with that in mind, I do not imagine that this would have improved Dramatically, and if it has, it means what we are doing is a step in the right direction. Women's financial literacy in South Africa broadly, you had mentioned the education question. And in the state of the nation, for instance, as I recall, there weren't particular programs that had targeted women. I could be wrong, but Mm. I mean, there was nothing that stood out in terms of addressing women and women ownership of the economy at Mm. large, even at small business level. So financial literacy, like I said, we should talk about what financial wellness means in the technical sense. When we talk about financial literacy, there is a lot to do with understanding how I'm using my money, but also understanding 
how money works. How do I plan for the future? How do I plan for my kids? How do I plan for the unexpected events? What does it mean when I'm making a choice between getting um, borrowing money now or saving so that I can afford the thing I want to purchase without borrowing money now? How do I interpret interest rates um, in the sense of an investment or in the sense of a loan? So what we want to encourage is that financial literacy is really important because for me to be a financially knowledgeable person, I need to be financially literal first. And when we talk in the households about financially knowledgeable people, mm. it's not so much about you know you know your you know your bank account and you know your PIN number and you can you know transact. What it means to be financially knowledgeable, it is to understand the the detail behind your budget and the detail behind what it takes to run your household. And so when we are to advise women in twenty twenty, it is that it is there is no longer room for us to say, oh, if you need to understand what's involved in paying for the bond of this house or what's involved in sending the kids to school, you've got to talk to my partner. I actually need to know that. And and we've got to democratize the understanding of what it takes to run the household, basically. And even in my household, my, my kids, my boys have to know what it takes to run the house because I'm preparing them for the people they're becoming in the future. Statistics tell us that, and this is the last question for this mm. evening, and thank you so much for joining us, that divorce rates is largely attributed to finances. However defined, finances have a critical role to play in the sustainability of that marriage. Specifically then, how do we get to a situation whereby those in a relationship such as a marriage or something that resembles marriage mm. can be so comfortable to talk about what is probably, second to cheating, probably the biggest threat to the existence <laughs> as a couple? Second to cheating, okay. Um, um, so I, so if, you, if you read the article, I talk about the fact that like has you know I use the words like we've got to democratize the knowledge of what it takes mm, to mm. run this household financially mm. i think that the the most important ingredient here is if when you are in the happiest in your relationship married or not there's got to be a visibility of the financial plans for the family and i think that having that visibility whether it is you have you know, joint meetings when you meet your broker, joint, ex, you know, shared documents where you are reviewing that, you know, by the end of the year, we are looking to have saved so much money or our kids are going to be going to varsity at this age. We're looking to have yes. created an education and fine. I think that, that, that those details must be visible and known by the decision makers. And it's usually both individuals who are responsible for running the household. I think that the visibility of, of, of that plan shouldn't depend on whether I end the money equal to you or not equal to you. Mm, mm, I think mm. some of the tension becomes who's the bigger, in, you know, who's the bigger earner in this relationship. But, but the comfort in the relationship has got nothing to do with that. Thank you so much for your time. This conversation can go on forever. Unfortunately, we are pressed for time. But I suppose in terms of financial literacy and the education aspects, this is an ongoing conversation. Can I have your word on air with the benefit of the listeners as witness that you will be back to continue the conversation with us here? Absolutely. If you invite me, I'll be back, Songezo.
Lesejo did hear that. Thank you so much. (laughs) Chief Marketing Officer at Momentum Metropolitan Holdings. Taking control of the financial journey is the key to empowering South African women. That's part one of the conversation, which is now a series of conversations. After the ad break, Mr. Sean van Rooyen, Strategic Accounts and Partnership Manager for InfoBib Africa, talking to us about harnessing the business power of WhatsApp. Would you imagine social media having the power to be an economic driver.